Thank you. Well, if you want to open up your Bibles to Psalm 119, verse 81 to 96, and we'll read that together. If you've got a Red Church Bible, it's, it's on page 619. 619. Brilliant. So Psalm 119, verse 81. My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. My eyes fail looking for your promise. I say, when will you comfort me? Though I am like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your decrees. How long must your servant wait? When will you punish my persecutors? The arrogant dig pits to trap me, contrary to your law. All your commands are trustworthy. Help me, for I am being persecuted without cause. They almost wipe me from the earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your unfailing love, preserve my life, that I may obey the statutes of your mouth. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit. But your commands are boundless. Well, do keep that open in front of you as we go through it together. Do you know, some of you might have heard of a man called George Muller, who lived in Bristol uh, during the 1800s. What an amazing guy. Look at him. And he's famous for his amazing work in setting up homes uh, for orphan children uh, to be looked after in. Do you know the amazing thing about George Muller's life? It was, it was a life that was lived in complete trust in God. No matter what the circumstance he faced, he was a man that trusted God through it all. And you know, there's one story which demonstrates uh, that faith and trust that George had. It's recorded for us. It says, one morning... All the plates and cups and bowls on the table were empty. There was no food in the larder and no money to buy food. The children were standing waiting for their morning meal when Muller said, Children, you know we must be in time for school. Then he lifted up his hands and he prayed, Dear Father... We thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat. There was a knock at the door. The baker stood there and said, Mr. Muller, I couldn't sleep last night, 
Somehow I felt you didn't have bread for breakfast and the Lord wanted me to send you some. So I got up at 2 a.m. and baked some fresh bread and have brought it. Mr. Muller thanked the baker. And no sooner had he left, there was a second knock at the door. It was the milkman. He announced that his milk cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage. And he said that he would like to give the children his cans of fresh milk so that he could empty his wagon and repair it. Again, obviously Steve, you shared your stories. What an amazing God. But you see, for George Muller, his present experience didn't mean that he didn't trust God's word. In fact, it was a call for him to trust it even more. And do you know, it can be really hard, can't it? To trust God's word when it really matters. In times of real desperation. And so we tend to trust ourselves, we tend to trust our resources, we tend to trust our own logic. But when George Muller had a group of orphan children waiting for breakfast with no food and no money to buy food, he didn't trust himself, he trusted God's word to him. And this evening, we're going to see in this psalm that despite what everything looks like on the outside, despite the present experience, the psalmist, the person writing this psalm, shows us and tells us to trust God's word that endures forever. To trust God's word that endures forever. And as we go through this psalm, I've got two points as we go through. And the first one is trusting God's word in spite of present experience. Trusting God's word in spite of present experience. Now as we be going through this psalm, Psalm 119, it's a psalm which is all about God's word. We see that all the way through. But we also see all the way through that the person writing this psalm is not going through the easiest of times. And in our section that we're looking at this evening, it's no different. In fact, the first verse that opens this section, verse 81, frames and sets the content for all that is to follow. Verse 81, look with me, it says, My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. You see, the psalmist, he's longing for a rescue. And throughout this section, we see what he's going through. We get a a taste, a glimpse of the sufferings that he's facing. Look with me at verse 82. He says, my eyes fail looking for your promise. I say, when will you comfort me? Verse 84, how long must your servant wait? When will you punish my persecutors? The arrogant dig pits to trap me contrary to your law. Verse 86, help me for I am being persecuted without cause. They almost wiped me from the earth. And then in verse 88, in your unfailing love, preserve my life. Preserve my life. 
The psalmist, as he's writing this, shows us what his present experience is like. He shows us the suffering, the turmoil, the anxiety that he's going through. And yet it's in this situation, it's in this present experience that the psalmist opens up this section by saying, my soul faints with longing for your salvation, but, he says, but I have put my hope in your word. And in fact, all the way through, you might have seen when the psalmist is telling us about the sufferings and the experiences that he's going through presently, right alongside that are statements about his complete hope and confidence and trust in God's word. Look with me at verse 85. He says, I do not forget your decrees. And verse 86 All your commands are trustworthy. You see, despite the psalmist's present experience, he continues to put his hope in God's word, in his promises. And that's not an easy thing, right? That is not an easy thing to do. Because for him, everything looked like God wasn't with him. Everything looked like for this psalmist that God wasn't for him. God wasn't working for his good. Everything around him seemingly pointed in a completely different direction to what was found in God's word. And the psalmist says, in all of that, despite my present experience, despite what it all looks like, no, I have put my trust I have put my hope in your word. And you know, we see this ultimately pointing to Christ, pointing us to Christ when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested and later to be crucified. What does he do? He goes up into a quiet place to pray. And it says in John's account that his soul is, is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Just like the psalmist, I'm sure. And yet it's, it's in that, it's in his being overwhelmed to the point of death that Jesus cries out to his Father in heaven. What does he cry out? He says, not my will, but yours be done. You see, Christ trusted in his Father's will, that will that had been written through the pages of the Bible until his coming. Christ trusts God's words in spite of his present experience. And do you know today, there are things that we go through in life which might cause us to doubt God's word. When we go through times of suffering, maybe for following Jesus, maybe like the psalmist, they persecute me without cause. Or maybe it's suffering in general. Our present experience can throw doubt on God's promises that he's made to us. You know, the psalmist cries out, when will you comfort me? Because he's often going through the hardest and the most desperate of times that we're often tempted to think that God's left us. 
on our own. He's not with us in our trials and sufferings. And the temptation in all of it is to think that God's word is not what we need to hear. It is not our foundation that we're to build upon. To think that God's promises aren't true, they're not lasting. And then not only to doubt God's word, but then to start trusting ourselves instead. How easy it is, isn't it? To trust everything but God's word. To trust ourselves instead. How hard is it to trust God's word instead of ourselves when times are tough, but even more so maybe when times are good. You know, we heard at the beginning that wonderful story of George Muller at the beginning. But you know, when George was starting up this orphanage to feed and educate and look after orphans, he was really stepping out in faith as he was doing that. And you know, as he was trying to sort of set this vision of of setting up these orphanages to feed and to educate and to look after these young people who were homeless and without families, uh, God really confirmed through his word to George, that this was what he was meant to be doing. In fact, that George records that God brought a verse to him, Psalm 81 verse 10, which says, Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. That was God's word to him in this orphanage that he was starting up, that God would provide all that he needed. And yet, like we heard at the beginning, at the start, one morning, they all stand around, no food, no bread, no milk, no money. And yet, George, what does he do? He doesn't then go, oh, well, it's time to start trusting myself. He trusts God's words. He didn't at that point, it would have been so easy to, I imagine, disbelieve God's promise to him. No, despite his present experience, despite needing urgent response, he put his hope in God's word. And the psalmist, as we've seen in this first half, despite everything he's going through, despite his present experience and what it looks like, he says no to the temptation of trusting himself and of disbelief in God's promises. But like Christ says, my soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I, but I have put my, I have put my hope in your words. And you know, ultimately, the person writing the psalm can write that because of what we see in the final part of our passage. That brings us to the second thing, which is trusting God's word in light of future certainty. Trusting God's word in light of future certainty. We've seen so far that the, the psalmist has put his hope, his confidence, his trust in the promises and word of God, even in the midst of what he's going through, even in the midst of his present experience, which is extremely tough. And that doesn't change in this next section either. We still see that we, he's still experiencing suffering and turmoil. We see that in verse 94. He says, save me, for I am yours. And then verse 95, the wicked are wanting to destroy me. And yet the psalmist in this section gives the reason for why... His confidence 
can be in God's word. We see that at the start, verse 89 to 91. Look with me. It says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day. The psalmist is trusting God's word in light of future certainty. You see, the psalmist knows that God's word continues and it doesn't change when our present experiences change all the time. He knows that what he has in God's word is something that not will just endure for centuries or even millennia, but something that will continue, as he says in verse 89, something that will endure for eternity. Your word, Lord, is eternal. Do you know countless nations over the years, countless dictators and regimes have tried to suppress and banish God's word, the Bible, from God's people and from the people of their country. But what do we see over history, time and time again when that happens? God's word endures, doesn't it? It stands firm. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, God says, So is my word that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word and his promises will continue. And there is nothing that can stop it. There is nothing that can stop God's word being fulfilled. Not any one of our present experiences. God's word is eternal. It outlasts everything in this world. And you know, ultimately, as we saw before, Christ trusted God's word in light of his present experience. Well, he did that because Christ trusted God's word in light of future certainty. You see, he went through the horror, the shame, the pain, the suffering of the cross, knowing God's word, knowing God's promises that death on the cross was not the end. Because three days later, he would be raised from death into eternal glory, seated in heaven, waiting now for his final return. And so this evening, do you know, we can know that God's word to us, this gospel message of the Lord Jesus, it's eternal. It will endure forever. Nothing can stop it. And we know that because Christ has been raised. He's alive and so his word shall be fulfilled. No matter what it looks like on the outside, no matter what our present experience might point us towards, God's word to us, God's promises to us can and will never fail. Christ is alive and his word will be accomplished. And you know, the fact that God's word is eternal, the fact that it endures, the fact that it stands firm, isn't that a great encouragement to us this evening? 
Do you know, in a world where so many things change, don't they? You know, one minute the government's saying that diesel is the cleanest fuel for the future, to now the government's saying it's actually probably the worst. To a world where technology changes every day, where politics changes every day, where our circumstances change every day, where even we as people change every day. Isn't it good to know that there's one thing that will not change? You know, as a young person here this evening, you might feel sometimes that life seemingly changes every single day. New trends new social media platforms to get your head around. And therefore, it can seem that there are very few things in life that are dependable. There are very few things in life that are sure foundations to build your life upon. Who can I trust? What can I trust? But you know, isn't it comforting to know this evening? Isn't it encouraging this evening to know from this psalm that we can build our lives on God's word that never changes. Not now, not tomorrow, not ever. You know, the amazing thing is, is that you can read God's word. We can read God's word as we go to bed this evening and know that we will wake up and God will still be the same. And his promises won't have changed. They're still true. They still will come. As it says in verse 90, your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. And as we see at the end, with that knowledge of God's word being eternal, with that knowledge of it being firm and faithful, well, the psalmist we see dotted throughout the section, this last section, we see his response to that. What is his response to that truth of God's word being eternal? Well, we see that. In verse 93, 92, let's go back one more. He says, God's word is his delight. It's his joy. And then verse 93, I will never forget your precepts. Verse 94, I have sought out your precepts. Verse 95, but I will ponder your statutes. It's a bit like what we saw in the very first uh, talk that we did in, in Psalm 119. Verse 11, where the psalmist says, I have hidden your words in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, the psalmist knowing that every promise of God will come true, knowing that this is the one thing in life that will never change, the one thing in life I can stake my life on, well, he then goes, the logical thing then, the logical response to that is to think about it. And not just think about it, but to make it our joy and our treasure. The logical thing is to never forget it. To embed it in our minds. Do you know, I wonder if there is a verse this evening. If there is a verse that we could commit to memory. So that we, like the psalmist, can say, I will never forget your precepts. I will never forget your words. I will never forget it. Allowing us to ponder and to think every day of what Christ has done for us. Do you know, everything in this world probably will change. 
Whilst our present situations and experiences might change, the psalmist says this evening, there's one thing that's not going to change. Tomorrow morning as we head off to work, there is going to be one thing that has not changed. And that is God and his living, enduring word. I won't trust myself. I won't trust my feelings. Let us say this evening like the psalmist, I will put my hope in your word. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we long to be people this evening that have put our hope in your word. We thank you that your word points us to the Lord Jesus. We thank you that it's a book about him, about who he is and what he has done for us. And we pray that that might be our hope that we build our lives around each and every day. Father, in a world that changes seemingly every single day, we praise you, Father, that you do not change. You remain the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, that is a great comfort to us. May we rest in that and be encouraged by that tonight. And as we go into next week, may your words be our hope and our foundation. May it be our most treasured possession and our deepest joy. Amen. We're going to spend time now discussing some questions around our tables. And uh, then after that has happened... I'm sure Steve will come and lead us in the final part of our evening together. Let's take time to discuss those questions together.